I mean, a real massage, not like the, the tug and rub that we used to get in the <laughs> Philippines and, and in Korea and in Japan. And, and, you know, you go for a haircut and all of a sudden something's happening under the table and surprise, surprise. <laughs> It's my favorite time of the week as we welcome you to this Freeform Friday edition of Unscripted with Mike and Chris, something we do to wrap up the week, and it's been a lot of fun to do, and uh, you know what, folks, to be totally honest with you today here in Calgary, it's snowing like the Dickens again, and we're going to cut her short here today. Chris is going to go on to our Twitter page and find some things that people are talking about, but I've got to get back on the road and get home before I get stuck here, so... We're going to head, uh, give the microphone right over to the executive producer of Unscripted and let him get this Freeform Friday party started and welcome you to and welcome him to the program, Mr. Fluke. Thanks, Mike. Jalopnik at Jalopnik. What was the coolest car your parents owned? Coolest car my parents owned. Um, well, I didn't know my father when he was in his 20s, so I would imagine. I don't, you know what? Um, coolest car that my parents ever owned that I know of. You know what? I I will say this. It wasn't cool, but it was a really neat thing. In the 70s, we had a VW Campmobile where the top would come up and a and a tent would pop out of the side and a bed would pop out of the back. And that was kind of cool to go to ball games in and and uh you know, it wasn't cool like my dad didn't ever own a Ferrari or a Jaguar or anything like that. But this was kind of cool where you could sit there while you were on a road trip because nobody flew back then. Everybody drove where they were going back then and you could pop a table off and you could get a card game going or you could shake dice or do whatever you needed to do. And so it wasn't the coolest car, but I sure had the most fun, let's say, in that car. Okay, you don't get to expand on this. You just get to give a one-word answer, then we're moving on. Okay, yep. GBP Daily at GBP Daily. Your Green Bay Packers are 10-3. and three. In one word, describe this Packers team. Soft. Sounds good. Uh, MLB Trade Deadline at MLB Deadline News. Per USA Today, free agent pitcher Madison Bumgarner is seeking a five-year, $100 million-plus contract. Well... If you were with us in episode 434, we had breaking news that Steven Strasburg signed a seven-year, $245 million contract earlier today, <clears throat> excuse me, re-signing with his current club, the Washington Nationals. So if you don't have $245 million lying around, if you need to spend $100 million or maybe a little bit more than $100 million on a Bat- Madison Bumgartner, go do it. Because Madison Bumgartner is a hell of a pitcher, and uh, he's got World Series experience. He was the main reason that the San Francisco Giants won World Series in 2010, 2012, and 2014. He is an absolute stud. And if you can save, you know, $145 million among friends on a pitcher, Madison Bumgartner might be your guy. This one was all over Twitter, but there was an art exhibit in the state somewhere and there was an art exhibit that was just a banana duct taped to the wall and it sold for $120,000. What? A banana duct taped to the wall and sold for a hundred and... I like how it's not even something that won't go bad. It's something that <laughs> it's just going to be like, you know, gooey shit soon. It's a banana duct taped to the wall, sold for 120000 
you know, I, I'm sitting here and uh, still looking for an, my next opportunity, and uh, I'm getting closer to having an announcement for everybody here on Unscripted. But you talk about wait, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Liable or layable or whatever income lying around. You can spend 120 grand disposable just, income. That's the word I'm looking for. Disposable income. You can spend. $120,000 on a banana uh, duct tape to a wall. I mean, but then again, you know, you got guys, where did I just read that somebody spent tens of thousands of dollars on a ball that Babe Ruth hit back in the day? I'd rather have that than a banana duct well, tape to a wall. But I'm just saying, you, but again, I'm, I'm, I'm making the point in regard to disposable income. We've got a lot of people in North America that have a lot more money than we think. Oh, yeah, or that they could ever use yep. properly, certainly. Correct. Okay, ESPN at ESPN. 15 years ago today, Tracy McGrady put together one of the greatest individual comebacks of all time, 13 points in 33 seconds. I think um, Tracy McGrady is one of the great unsolved mysteries in NBA history. And I say that because here was a kid that came out of Auburndale, Florida, and was so talented that he never went to high school, didn't need to. He's one of the very few people that jumped right to the NBA, joining guys like Kevin Garnett and LeBron James. There have been a bunch that have tried, but nobody's very good at it. Um, Tracy McGrady, I would think, um, even though he had a good NBA career, made a bunch of all-star teams, but here's the bottom line. I think successful careers are based upon how many championships you won. And here's the rub that I have against in regard to Tracy McGrady. Great individual player, did some good things in Toronto, did some great things in Orlando, and then kind of tapered off a little bit in Houston at the end. And I think that if you were to really analyze Tracy McGrady's career, the zero championships obviously is a red flag, but the second one is I think that even the most ardent Tracy McGrady fans, like his mama, would probably say that he underachieved in his long and distinguished NBA career, but I think we were expecting more is, I guess, a better way to put it in regard to Tracy McGrady. Okay, Ben Askren at Ben Askren. He's uh, the guy from Wisconsin, right? He is. He actually just retired. From yes, MMA. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, so he's saying, hey, WADA and IOC finally got a backbone because it has been announced Russia has been banned from all global sport, including 2020 Olympics and 2022 World Cup. Yeah, I actually, uh, I should have put that in my notes today to talk about, but I don't think it's a real big shocker. I don't think this will be the last uh, country to uh, be subjected to this. I think there's a lot of countries cheating out there. And, uh, you know, again, um, cheaters never win. And uh, I truly believe that Russia will not be the last team that gets dinged by this organization. Yep. All right. The Onion at the Onion Supercuts now offering to give customers baths for fourteen ninety nine. Boy, wouldn't that be nice? Hmm. Fourteen ninety nine for a bath. Well, why not? Hey, why not? Yeah. I mean, hey, I mean, it's obviously it's the Onion, so it's not real. But it, well, I get that. I, I but mean, but I'm I, in. I've enjoyed the, uh, sometimes you go to some of these salons and they give you like the scalp massage Correct. and the warm yep. Yep. water on your hair and everything. It's like, oh, that's, that's kind of nice. I, you know, I, I got to say this, you'll, you'll get a kick out of this, but I love going to places and get massages. Uh, it, it really, it's the one oh, yeah. thing that, 
loosens i mean a real massage not like the the tug and rub that we used to get in the <laughs> philippines and and in korea and in japan and and you know you go for a haircut and all of a sudden something's happening under the table and surprise surprise but i'm talking about a real massage with a therapist uh that here well it's for, i don't let a man touch me that's too weird i i have a weird thing about that but um <laughs> <laughs> it's my old age. I mean, that's the most predictable thing I've ever heard you say. Well, of course, I don't let a man touch me. That's just weird. Um, but it's going to be a certified female therapist, and uh, I have I I enjoy that, and that's one of the things that I want to get my life back to again. I used to go to massages every third month mm. in the good old days before residential leasing group when I had disposable income lying around, and I'd go to. Uh, a couple of places here in Calgary to get really good deep tissue massages. And um, I've had to put those on hold for the last four years. And I'm looking to get those bad boys back. Yeah, that'll be nice. Damn right it will. All right. Uh, We've talked a lot about load management, so we don't really need to talk about it. I just wanted to tell you about this headline, Onion Sports Network and Onion Sports. We've got lots of onion headlines here today. But it's just funny because it says Clippers ask everyone to keep it down while they rest Kawhi Leonard. And it shows Kawhi Leonard like in bed on the sideline there, which is just, I just love that. Uh, but I mean, yeah, we've, we've talked a lot about that. But um, a lot of a lot of stuff about Jerry Jones this week. They're having fun with him. Locker room reporter still hasn't gotten used to seeing Jerry Jones naked. <laughs> um, uh, and then, oh, I love this one. Like if this was a real headline. I just need to say something oh, about sure. Jerry Jones real quick. Um, I was on the phone last night, um, with a devoted Cowboys fan Mm -hmm. and, uh, this guy used to be on my radio show 25 years ago and used to work for the, excuse me, Dallas morning news. His name is David Moore. And, um, we've stayed in touch all these years and out of the blue, I get a phone call last night from David just to see how I'm doing. We we try to get together, you know, on the phone every once in a while. Um, this was his Christmas saying hi and wishing myself and the family a Merry Christmas. And um, we got into Jerry Jones last night. And David said to me, after I made this proclamation, which I'm about to make here on the program here, is that David says, you got to come on my program this week and... Uh, make that same proclamation. And I said, I'd be honored. So I'm going to be on David's Dallas area radio show on Thursday, it looks like. But regardless of that, I said that this is the most important offseason in Dallas Cowboys history. And the reason I said that was simply this. The Dallas, and I've made this before, but the Dallas Cowboys are one of the, obviously, marquee franchise in the National Football League. They are the number one team in regard to the the worth of them on the Forbes 500 list, they are the number one valued sports franchise in all of sports. They're worth billions, folks. Um, they are still America's team. Their merchandise sales are the tops. Yada yada yada. But here's the rub: if they're that if they're that goddamn successful, how come they haven't even sniffed a Super Bowl in 25 years? I said the problem in Dallas is simply this. You've got too many cooks in the kitchen and too many unqualified cooks in the kitchen. What the Dallas Cowboys really need to do, besides fire Jason Garrett, but they need to get themselves a Ron Wolf 
or a Ozzie Newsom or somebody that is a, a less need from the Los Angeles Rams. They need to get a real talent evaluator in there and let Jerry Jones run the business side of things. You cannot have Jerry be the owner and the general manager and his two limp dick sons be his cohorts in crime. You need to get real football people in there to make the real football decisions and take that Dallas franchise to where it's supposed to be where they haven't been in 25 years. The biggest mistake that Jerry Jones made since buying the Cowboys in 1989 was allowing Jimmy Johnson to walk away. He's never properly replaced Jimmy Johnson, and ultimately the Cowboys have not been relevant since the mid-90s when they were in three Super Bowls in four years with Aikman, Smith, and Irvin. And the biggest problem in Dallas continues to be Jerry as the general manager and his two limp dick sons as his two running partners. They need to get a football man in there and let the football man make football decisions and let that person hire the next coach. Let that, hi- let, let that person be the head of the next draft. You cannot continue to let the oil man run the football operation for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and speaking of being on Dallas radio, Jerry Jones was on Dallas radio the other day, and he got dropped. They had to they had to hang up on him because they hung he was up. Cursing. He was using too many bad words. He dropped a couple f bombs, and uh, KRLD, I believe, is what the station was in Dallas, one hundred five point three, and they hung up on him. Yeah, fan. Yeah, the KNC masterpiece show, and so yeah, and so right away, right off the bat, basically. They asked uh, about how the Cowboys have performed as of late. Like, what else are they going to ask about? And then he says, get your damn act together yourself, okay? We're going to have a good visit this morning, but settle down just a little bit. I don't like your attitude. Like, that's the owner. That's what he's saying. I mean, the guy's a a senile old lunatic. And it all leads to me saying, I wish this was a real headline, but it's not. It's completely fake, and it's the onion. But I wish I would love to. I'd just love to see this headline one day. And it simply says... Dallas Cowboys release Jerry Jones. Yep. And uh, that would be just lovely. Jerry does a lot of good things for the National Football League, folks, in regard to the international games. He's had a big part of that. Uh, people don't know, but he played a huge part of the in regard to the Los Angeles Rams and their new stadium in Inglewood and getting the Los Angeles Chargers to be a co-tenant with the Los Angeles Rams. You know, here's the thing, and this is one of the reasons why the Spanos family decided to become co-tenants of the new $2 billion fortress, if you will, in uh, Inglewood, California. You know how much the Los Angeles Chargers are going to be paying to rent? No. A dollar a year. Why? It's a deal that Jerry and Jane Goodell's husband made with Stan Kroenke, and Kroenke went along with it, and... They got Dean Spanos on board because people may may or may not know the Spanos. Remember, they were talking about a Raiders-Chargers stadium in Carson, California, and that was very close to happening. And Jerry Jerry and Kroenke are buddies. And Jerry and and Stan Kroenke dreamed up this idea, and they got Spanos involved. And the the thing that brought Spanos over to their side was $1 a year for rent. But then does Kroenke get all of the concessions? Correct. Okay, let's. Uh, okay, oh, so yeah. get okay, that's good. Okay, all right. Well, the Wadge at ESPN uh, at Wadge ESPN uh, brought up how the Knicks fired coach David Fisdale. 
A lot like Jerry Jones, the New York Knicks need to get rid of James Dolan. James Dolan has not a freaking clue as to what he's doing with the New York Knicks. He also owns the New York Rangers, but the difference is in the New York Rangers, he had Glenn Sather working for him for years, and Glenn Sather would probably tell tell James Dolan to go screw himself, and that's exactly what James Dolan would do. Um, James Dolan has not a clue about running a sports franchise. You can see it with the New York Knicks. They have been absolutely irrelevant since the last time they were in the NBA Finals, which was 1999 when they lost in six games to the San Antonio Spurs. And I truly believe, a lot like Jerry Jones in Dallas, somehow, someway, somebody in New York needs to get rid of James Dolan and get a real owner in there to get real basketball people because, again, last year you had an unbelievable free agent class, as we all know, Kawhi Leonard and... You know, and, and and think about it this way. Next year, Giannis is going to be in the free agent class. And you would think teams like the Los Angeles Lakers, the Los Angeles Clippers, and oh my God, the New York Knicks would be a place where free agents want to go because there's not only obviously big time money to be earned playing for the team, but also the off-court opportunities in regard to New York and LA are much more substantial than they would be in Milwaukee or Minneapolis. Having said all that, remember at the beginning of the free agent frenzy last year in the NBA, June the 30th, everybody in New York was all excited that the Knicks were going to get Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Well, the worst thing that could happen to the New York Knicks was that, yeah, New York got them, but they went to Brooklyn instead of the Knicks. And it's really unfathomable to me that the New York Knicks have not won a world's championship since 1973. And, you know, the funniest thing about that, the second most valuable team after the Dallas Cowboys on the Forbes 500 list list happens to be the New York Knickerbockers. Wow, that's amazing. (laughs) The Cowboys haven't been in the Super Bowl since 1990-whatever, 94, 95, somewhere in there. And the Knicks have not won a championship since 1973, and those are the two most uh, wealthy and worth the most franchises in professional sports. It's almost as if Jerry Jones and James Dolan suck as owners. Exactly. Okay, Uh, we'll just go through maybe three more quick ones or so here. So I'm really excited for this Habib-Ferguson fight. I'm even more excited about that than uh, Cowboy Cerrone against Conor. So here's what for and trash talk sells fights. We all know this. This one is going to get intense because you saw like, you know, uh, Connor might have gotten too far with Habib and that led to this brawl and all the craziness. Uh, Ferguson isn't scared of anybody. And uh, here's what he said about the undefeated Habib, who's, you know, Habib's kind of a simple guy and not too easy to push his button or not too hard to push his buttons. Ferguson said, I'm in this dude's head. He's going to train so hard and he's going to be so nervous. He's going to make a mistake. I'm going to capitalize on that. I'm going to catch him during the scrambles. Scrambled eggs, baby. It's what's for breakfast. I told everybody I'm going to make him piss blood. If you were betting this fight, would you go Ferguson? I'm I'm going Ferguson, I think, right now. I really am. I I hate to... It's scary to bet on, uh, you know, against an undefeated guy. Right, right. But... uh, I, I think Ferguson will beat him. I really do. I, I don't know, obviously, I don't know a, 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 an ounce of the UFC compared to you, but it just seems to me that this Ferguson guy, from the preliminary research that I've done as I try to ingratiate myself into the UFC and the MMA, and, I, and I'm making progress, but I truly believe that Ferguson is hungrier. 
And I think a hungry fighter, a hungry football player, a hungry athlete in anything is dangerous. And that's why I asked you if you'd go with Ferguson because I trust you. And that would be kind of the, 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 the thing that would sway me to put a little money on Ferguson. That's a really good point, actually, in this case, especially because uh, if, you, if I think about it now, uh, Habib's been talking about, yeah, I want to retire in two or three years. So if he's thinking about that and Ferguson's thinking about how Ferguson's thinking about how he always gets screwed out of title shots and he hasn't fought much lately. I think he's going to come back hungry. And Habib's thinking about uh, probably wind it down in two or three years. Don't want to really fight that much longer. If their thinking is that different, I think that's actually a really good point there. Uh, speaking of Ooh, one point for me. Hello. Yeah, nice. Uh, speaking of uh, dangerous uh, things, there's a really big picture of some sort of tiger here. Uh, and it has an, it's a New York Post at NY Post story. And it says, uh, Tiger walks record 800 miles in search of sex. And then someone said, <laughs> and then shot an easy 68 on his home course. So he saw that coming. I mean, you know, uh, the, the President's Cup starts Wednesday. Um, it shouldn't be much of a competition. Unlike the Ryder Cup, the, the United States has been kicking the hell out of the international team. The international team, in all the years that they've been playing the uh, President's Cup, the international team has only won once. The ironic thing is, the one time that the international team won is at the venue that they're at this time. So there is some hope. Plus, with Patrick Reed getting busted for a cheating violation over the weekend at the Hero World Championship, the uh, Australian team is all fired up about wanting to kick the hell out of the guy that cheats. So I think it's going to be a long week for Tiger. I think it, because his choice, obviously his most controversial choice of his four captain's picks was not himself. The most controversial pick was Patrick Reed because of what, the, what that asshole did at the end of the Ryder Cup last year. I don't think Patrick Reed is very popular in either team's locker room. And I think that that may be a bit of a, a rallying cry. And we're going to see what kind of leader Tiger Woods is this week. Because I think it's going to be a longer week than expected just because of everything that, unfortunately, Patrick Reed brings to this competition. Okay, two tweets left here. Uh, one is Pat Sajak at Pat Sajak. And it'll be interesting. I, I actually want to try and see some Wheel of Fortune this week because I believe this is the week they're showing where he had to go in for surgery. And so Vanna had to host the show. Oh, really? Yeah. And so I just thought that would be neat. And I guess I think they had like... He's a... going to be okay, though. Yo, he's fine now. He's going back to work now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, he's... Uh, yeah. But I guess that would, that, that would be interesting to see all these years and never had Vanna hosted. And I guess there's some guest at some point who goes and does the letters or something oh, really? I, I don't know who that's going to be but yeah gee, that'll be that'll remember be the one year that the former chargers kicker ralph banershka no he 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 oh oh that's there was a year Sajak when sajak went to late night right? yeah that's right yeah for yeah. cbs and they needed to find a replacement and former chargers kicker ralph banershka was the was the uh pat sajak for one year and it was terrible. I bet it was. They yep. couldn't wait to get Sajak back. Pat's really good. He's, he's unbelievably he's so, good. He's so good at what he does, and his, his little comments are hilarious. And uh, he's great on Twitter, too, because he just makes fun of the Democrats all the time. <laughs> and he's it's so good. I still love his tweet, like, you know, when he's watching the debate, and he's like, ah, this, this could be worse. It could be a dinner party, and I could be there. And uh, he just has a lot of fun. Uh, but anyway, so this... And you know, you know when people drop out, and they're always like, oh, I'm dropping out of the presidential race because... 
uh, you know, it'd be the most bullshit answer of all time. It'll be like, oh, I don't know, something. I can't even think of it. It's because so you stupid. don't have a snowball's chance in hell. And, That's what it is. And Pat's tweet says, "Wouldn't it be refreshing to hear someone drop out of the presidential primaries and say, I realized I didn't have a snowball's <laughs> chance in hell.' Nice job, Mike Johnson. You nailed it." <laughs> Oh, that's funny. All right. But anyway, okay. That's uh, That was fun. Uh, last tweet here. I've been saving this one. I just love this one so much. The Onion at the Onion. Great way to end it. Parents sign up Mitch Trubisky for rec soccer team in hopes he'll develop interest in sports. Oh, God. You know, um, three weeks ago, when uh, Trubisky was pulled in their Monday night or Thursday night or whatever game he was pulled like yeah, against the Rams. Hip, the non-existent hip pointer. Right, but yeah. he, he was pulled against the Rams, right? Remember that? Yeah. And uh, at that point, Chicago was just about written off as dead. They were two games below 500. And uh, since then, they've won three in a row. And I, I, I'm going to share this with you. I am, three weeks ago, I would have said Packers beating the Bears in Lambeau would have been done deal. But right now, yes, it's very good and very fortunate that the Packers don't have to deal with Rokon Smith anymore. He's on IR because of a torn pectoral muscle. But they do get uh, the other guy. They get Floyd back this week. But you know what? I'm telling you something right now. The way the Packers are playing against this Chicago defense and the way Chicago feels that they still have a small chance of getting into the playoffs for the second year in a row – I will tell you right now on my picks this week. I don't even know what the number is. I never look I never even look at the number until Wednesday, but I'll tell you right now that I will take the Chicago Bears with the points. I just truly believe that right now Chicago's playing better. Um they would love nothing better to return the favor to, uh, of beating the Packers on their home turf after what the Packers did to the Bears week 1. If you remember the Packers won a defensive battle 10 to 3, which nobody saw coming. And I just truly believe right now, after what I've seen of the Packers the last two weeks against underperforming teams in the Giants and the Redskins, I truly believe that the Chicago Bears have a good chance to win this week in Lambeau. So you might take the Bears outright too? Might, depending on what the number will be. Uh, no, I mean outright, straight up. Straight up. You, you, straight, so against the points, you're taking the Bears pretty much for sure. Yep. But but straight up, you might take them like upset of the week. I might, I might you take might. the Bears. Okay, okay yep. right now we got the Packers at minus 4.5 currently. That would be enough. That would be enough for me to take the Bears both ways. Really, okay. I, I I I don't know. I I like you say, and you te- you've taught me that I reserve the right to hold off until I produce that form for you, which I will on Wednesday or Thursday of this week. But I just don't like the way the Packers are playing, and the Bears seem to have gotten their you know what together. They were always pretty, obviously pretty good defensively, but um, you know that that San Francisco game woke up a lot of a lot of bad things for the Green Bay Packers, and it hasn't gotten better. And we are as healthy as any team in the National Football League, guys. Well, you were at San Fran as well. And we still are. We had one guy miss yesterday's game, Kevin King. He's the only guy. We had 21 out of our 22 regular starters in the lineup yesterday against a team from Washington that came in at 3-9. and nine. And we struggled until the last few minutes when Mason Crosby kicks a field goal to make the difference a five-point game. The Packers didn't even come close to covering that game yesterday. And the Bears coming in motivated and pissed off, that scares me 
coming up this weekend at Lambeau. I just wanted to say, too, so this Thursday, and I know you already came to my 40th birthday party, uh, this Thursday is my actual 40th birthday, and it is the Jets at the Ravens. Ravens are favored by 15. Why don't you give a quick uh, pick? We can always change it when you give when you send me your picks and I post them. We can always change it, but why not just... Right I have now, no reservation, and I don't have to change anything. The Ravens both ways. I know it's a huge number, but I have been winning, taking the other team against the Jets. I won yesterday in regard to the over-under, taking the Dolphins against the Jets. The Jets are a franchise that are as a mess again. Unfortunately, I Le'Veon Bell didn't play yesterday. I don't know why you'd subject him to play against that Baltimore defense. I have, I'll take it, say it right now, loud and proud, uh, Baltimore both ways. Uh, I'm leaning that way as well. I think that they're going to bounce back, and I think they're ready for another And the game's in Baltimore, is it not? Yeah. Done. Yeah. I'm taking the Ravens both ways. Yeah, I think I will too. We've got a run on this 435th episode of Unscripted. As always, we thank all of you for joining us and hope that you certainly continue to do so. Having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.